Hello, good and beautiful people. Welcome back to another unexciting episode of the Hashtag Pistons podcast. Um, I am still Joe. I am still your host. Once again, I'm going to be joined by Kuka Hill. Um, you can catch him on Twitter at Kuka Hill MBA. And um, you can also read him at Piston Powered and also his YouTube channel at Coos Ballroom. Um, yeah, so we're just going to do a quick rapid fire, some reactions to the game the Pistons just played. Tonight, or I suppose last night, um, this won't go up until the morning. So, in the season opener at Little Caesars Arena, the Pistons took on the Brooklyn Nets. Final score of 103-100. to um, It ended up being closer than we probably wanted. Um, there were some shenanigans at the end of the game, but did get the W. Oh, Reggie Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> did get the W in the end, though, so that's the most important thing. Um, and so we're going to start off with... Um, the biggest surprise of the night, which was that what the starting lineup ended up being. Um, so we knew that Stanley Johnson was maybe not going to play. We both figured that he was going to play through the injury, um, but he obviously ended up not. And then also the curveball was that Reggie Bullock also missed the game because he was sick. And Dwayne Casey opted to start Luke Kennard and Bruce Brown. And even though both guys were sort of honorary starters because both only played 19 minutes um and then like Langston Galloway played 33 minutes off the bench Ish Smith played 29 minutes off the bench so both guys really were sort of honorary starters but the fact that Bruce Brown's not only and even if he's only an honorary starter the fact that he played 19 minutes has to be a little bit of a surprise so yeah you can take away what are your thoughts on that coup uh yeah I definitely I tweeted right before uh when Rod Rod Beard tweeted about the what it looked like the starters were going to be. I tweeted that it was pretty interesting if it indeed was going to be Bruce Brown who could not starting. Um, I think it shows Dwayne Casey's confidence in Bruce Brown strictly because of his defense. Uh, you've been you've been uh, very outspoken about uh, Casey playing somebody strictly because he loves defense over offense or something like that. So it was pretty shocking. But I thought Bruce held his own on defense. I think we all expected him be able to hold his own the defensive end. Offensive end was a little bit of a struggle, but yeah, it was definitely pretty shocking and interesting to see that. Well, yeah. Um, I mean, I do think that one thing that this shows, you know, if you're sort of thinking long-term, I don't think that this means Bruce Brown is going to be um, even in the rotation at all regularly this season. But I think the main thing that this shows is that they probably are pretty committed to trying to let Stanley Johnson be the starter this year. Um, because, you know, obviously, and we talked about this yesterday, but, you know, him versus Glenn Robinson in the starting lineup is a has been a fairly big topic. And I have to imagine that if Dwayne Casey had been, you know, seriously considering that or thinking that was something that they may want to do soon, um, I have to imagine that he would have just gone with Glenn Robinson as the starter in this game, and he didn't. And Glenn Robinson only ended up playing 20 minutes, so it's not like he played Robinson really heavy minutes in the stat or anything. So um, I think that's probably the biggest thing, that he he really is going to go with Stanley Johnson as a starter. for, And, you know, if they change from that, it'll be because it's a total disaster, um, which, you know, <laughs> it could be, but... Um, also, you know, and you brought this up too, Dwayne Casey is a defense-first guy, and clearly he really wants to have at least one guy in the starting lineup who sort of brings that big physical wing 
defense, and um, he must see Brown as the second guy in line behind Stanley Johnson for that, and that's yeah. probably fair. Um, yeah, so, you know, it, just because it's connected with another thing we talked about yesterday, um, so Luke Kennard did start over Langston Galloway, but Langston Galloway played 33 minutes. Luke Kennard played 19. So, um, uh, you know, I mean, a lot of the beat writers in particular have harped on that. Um, Dwayne Casey said Luke Kennard is not totally all the way in game shape yet. So Mm -hmm. maybe that's really just what it is. But, uh, I mean, if he's not in game shape, then why is he playing 19 minutes, you know? I mean, John Luer's not in game shape yet, and they just didn't play him at all. So, I don't know. I'm still a little bit queasy about that, but... Um, yeah, I mean, other than that, though, I'm with Brown, I guess with his play, um, I do, I really like what he brings on the defensive end. He did have four fouls in those 19 minutes. So, you know, that's, uh, uh, you know, that's not ideal, but he looked pretty much the same that he did in the summer league. And then also in the preseason where, um, you love what he brings on the defensive end. He's got a lot of potential to be a high-end defender. And he does have some tools on offense, but he he, I mean, he missed all three of his shots in this game. Um, he was very hesitant to shoot threes. He did take two of them in the end, but they are both pretty open corner shots. Um, you know, even in Summer League, he really struggled. He did not shoot a good percentage. He struggled to get the ball in the basket. So that'll be the thing that he'll have to work on. And, I mean, unless that changes, I'm, I'm pretty much okay with him. And once again, I like Brown a lot long-term, but I think unless he figures out a way to get the ball in the basket more, I'm probably okay with him not being in the rotation again in the future. What do you think about that? I mean, I agree with you, but I think that's fine. He's a, he's a rookie. I mean, it's no big deal about that. I mean, he, he, like you said, he's already a pretty good defender. and he can just, he's, I'm sure you're going to see a lot of them in Grand Rapids throughout the year, so he can go ahead and refine his skills there, get better on the offensive end, and I'm sure he's going to be a part of our future, so it's not a big deal that uh, if he doesn't see the rotation at all this year, which he probably won't, won't unless like we have an injury like this with Reggie and Stanley. I think that had a big deal to do with it, too, the fact that both of them were out. So yeah. we were like, because even Zach Lofton saw some time in the second quarter. Yeah, that was, um, that was a shock. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. Um, I guess it makes sense, but he didn't do anything. He only played four minutes and didn't really do anything, so not a whole lot to look into there. But so outside of the rotations, um, you know, what were just sort of your general thoughts on this game? Um, I thought that Andre decided to wait till the second half to show up on the court. Uh, he was pretty lackadaisical, uh, definitely on the defensive side in the first half. He was just like walk, walking on defense when people just go right by him, wasn't really protecting the rim at all. And just looked like he didn't really care out there, which, uh, you know, he, he that's been something that fans have had a problem with him before in the past. But you guys told me, you and Sham, everybody in the group chat that we have, we were talking and you guys made it known that, you know, second half he's going to show up. And I believed it too. It's just, it was, it's frustrating seeing because he ended with, what was it? 24 and 20. Yeah. He ended with 24 and 20. He played a pretty terrible first half. So like, just imagine if he like gave it his, like not even giving his all, just like not walking and not caring in the first half how good it could have been. But yeah, that was one thing I looked at. I, I took away from this game uh, how how great Andre can be, and 
how low he can get when things aren't going his way. Okay, uh, how- just a second. All right. So, now, look, Andre did not, he, he was not all the way there in the first half. I'm not trying to defend Andre too much, but, I mean, you got to realize just how absurdly high so many of you people who you put the bar. Like, in the first half, he still had 8 points and 10 rebounds. I mean, you could see in the first half that he was going to go for 20 and 20. And it's like, you know, I, he looked pretty lackadaisical on defense in particular. Um, I think uh, that lackadaisical. He was the, just walking. the scheme did not help there. And then also the foul trouble did not help. That's not really even an excuse for him. I mean, you know, you have to be able to learn to play with foul trouble and avoid fouls but still play defense, but... And then also, you know, I'm not, I don't really, I'm not coming at him for that either. Because a lot of people get, get a little hesitant when you're in foul trouble. Well, he, he lets it impact him more than it needs to. Um, I think definitely. And that's always been a bit of a struggle for him, but I mean, it's just like, you know, and I, and I tweeted it at halftime. It's like the craziest thing about Andre Drummond is that everyone's talking about, man, he's having such a bad game and he already had eight and 10. Like, I mean, if that's almost any other center in the league, you want to know how much anyone is talking about his, you know, not great effort in the first half? Nobody. No one is talking about it. They go, holy fuck, our center just put up 24 and 20. Like, Jesus. You know. That's fair enough. And I I think that, oh, I probably should have just cussed. That was really bad. Did I just drop the F-bomb? You did. Oh, but I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Well, I'm, I try not. I, and I told you when you first came on, and I'm like, we try not to cuss too much. I'm sorry. I won't. I'm, I apologize to everybody we're, about we're that. Go ahead. I'll have to mark this one not safe for work. Viewer, <laughs> listener discretion is advised here. I apologize. I wasn't thinking. Um, but, you know, regardless, anyone else, almost not even almost, any other center in the league does that. And people are like, oh my gosh, what an incredible game. He was awesome. And no one is complaining about his, you know, the fact that in the first half he didn't play with great effort. I mean, look, Andre, I actually still maintain, I've sort of always maintained this, that it's actually, I don't think that it's mostly actually an effort issue. I think it's much more so sort of a focus issue um, where it's just like he just... He just doesn't make the rotations that he needs to, and it's just kind of like, oh, he's just, you know. And now, I'm in the end, whether it's effort or it's focus, it doesn't really make a difference because it's, if you don't get there in time to contest a layup, it's an open layup either way. Whether it's because you were lazy or because you just lacked focus for that moment, um, but you know, I just, I just have trouble being too hard on a guy when it's like, you know, he's out there, he's putting up production, he's making some plays, um, so it's just, look, he wasn't that good in the first half, I'm not denying that, just, I have trouble ragging on a guy, on a guy too hard in that situation, you know, so. Actually, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to go at him too hard, because he did end up with 24 and 20, but like, everyone, if you watch the game, you saw the reason why the Pistons were able to come back and I mean, we weren't, like, losing by 20 or nothing, but we, we got down, like, by double digits pretty early, and we were down. The reason why, a big reason why we uh, started making a comeback is because Zaza came in and spelled for Andre and was getting people open off the screen. Well, he was giving that, good effort. That wasn't and just... he was boxing. And Andre wasn't even, like, Andre wasn't even, in the first quarter, he wasn't even boxing out Jared Allen. He wasn't boxing, like, 
you can say that it's a focus issue, and if it is a focus issue, I mean, it is. I mean, it's not that big of an issue, like we're saying. He ended up with 2020. So, I mean, if any other center, we're not talking about that much. But the reason why the Pistons were down early, a big reason, I, in my opinion, is because Andre lacked either focus or effort coming out the gate. Well, okay. And, so I'm going to stop you a second, okay? One thing, okay, don't overstate the impact Zaza Pachulia had there. Hey, Zaza played okay. pretty well. He did play pretty well, but... Let's not act like Andre Drummond was the only person who came out oh, really wasn't. flat. Every single guy on the team up. came out looking like trash. Like, Blake Griffin had one play where he was trying to do a dribble handoff, and he literally just, the ball just got poked away from him. He also got his crap blocked in by Jared Allen one point. Come um, on, Joe. I mean, him getting blocked in a dunk is himself. Yeah, Everything I mean, it's, it's not. I mean, Jared Allen is... He's good, and he's utterly fearless on going for those, so it's not some terrible thing. But just, I mean, Andre Drummond is not the only guy who came out and looked not very good at the start of the game. I mean, they I got mean, down fair. 8-0 and turned the ball over on, like, four of their first six possessions or something like that. Um, so enough. I think, and here's my larger point, okay? This is not to say that Andre Drummond does not sometimes, you know, whether it's effort or focus, in the end, the result is the same. You know, it's not to suggest that Andre doesn't have to improve that or anything like that. But you literally, a few moments ago said, you literally were complaining that Andre Drummond only had 24 and 20 instead of 30 and 30. It wasn't me complaining. It's okay. just that. You literally said that. You're like, ah, oh, just imagine if he actually, just imagine if he actually you know, cared the whole game. He would have easily had third. Yes. Like, like, imagine, okay, here's what, here's, here's what I'm saying, though, okay? If you're at the point where you're complaining about a guy only getting 20 and 20, you know what? Find something else to complain about. That's what I'm saying. Um, and that, that's fair enough to say, but I'll just, I'll, my final thing on it will just be this. Now, you can take this with a grain of salt. I mean, I don't like to look at this too much, but it just stands out. Cause from, if you look at this, it makes sense to me. Andre was a minus nine on the court tonight. And so he was a minus nine. We had Blake at a plus eight and Zaza plus nine. I mean, well, a lot, of, a lot of that had to do with um, just kind of – this is probably – there's probably people who are going to be – claim that I'm just standing real hard for him, but – um, a lot of that had to do with um, how his minutes ended up breaking up. Um, so he played pretty much the entire first quarter when the Pistons were just up a crick. And then um, the bench started to get back together, and he was the last starter to come back in. So that had a lot to do with that. And then also his foul trouble in the, you know, I even you said, you know, he really started getting it going in the second half. Um, but his foul trouble ended up having him go out of the game for quite a bit. Um, well, because once again, it wasn't just him. The entire team got it going as the game went on. They all were really bad in the first quarter. And then as it went on, they sort of started to get their acts together. And so Andre played almost the entire first quarter. He may have even actually played the entire first quarter. I think he came out with like a minute left or so, but he played pretty, pretty much. I, you know, he played pretty much the entire stretch where everyone was trash. And then because of the foul issues, which is partially his fault, admittedly, um, but you know, the foul issues ended up causing him to, to come out of the game for a decent amount of the stretch where they started to get their stuff back together. 
But, I mean, once again, I'm not saying that this is, that Andre was flawless in this game or anything like that. I'm just, there's been so many people who, and it's just an argument with him in general that annoys me, where people are like, he should be putting up 30 and 30 every night. It's like, if you're complaining about a dude putting up 20 and 20, just find something else to complain about. Just, I'm sorry. That's just, that's where I'm at. Um, he did foul too much. They can't, especially if John Luer is not healthy and ready to go. They cannot afford to have him in foul trouble like this. Um, because Zaza is fine, but, you know, and even in this game, in the third quarter, it started to get a little bit like, uh, he's been on there, yeah, on the floor a for a little long. Yeah, and it started to become a little bit of a layup line. It's like, I think Zaza's played the amount of minutes he can handle for one night, you know, yeah. so, um, once John Lure gets all the way back and he's all the way healthy, um, that changes a little bit because then between him and Griffin, um, I'm pretty okay with how they, and then also Pachulia then can still play some if he has to. I'm more comfortable with them filling in extra minutes at the center spot when, if Andre gets in foul trouble, but until Lure's ready to go, I'm, he's got to make sure that that doesn't happen. Um, and then the biggest thing to me is, and, you know, I already said this, but the biggest thing to me for him from this game was that he just has got to figure out how to play defense um, when he's in some foul trouble. Because it's like, I mean, we've, we've talked about this. Well, we may not have, but at various times, I think we both have talked about this in separate places that um, last year Andre really did, in most ways, start to put it together. Um, he didn't really have many stretches like he did in the first half of this game where he, you know, so pretty blatantly was lacking in energy and or focus or whatever. Um, but even last year when he would get into foul trouble, even when it was obvious, he was still really playing hard. He was playing with energy and such. He really struggled mm -hmm. to, um, find the right balance of, okay, so, you know, chillax a little bit so you don't get off another foul. But like, <laughs> if you're out there you still need to play defense. Like, you can't just let guys get an outright layup line. And um, that was the bigger worry to me because I the reality is with Andre, um, even when he does have those bouts of not playing with a lot of energy, that pretty much always goes away pretty quick. Um, and he bounces back and he plays really well. So I'm not usually that worried about that. But the foul thing is a thing that he... It's, it's something he has to get over, like... You know, if he picks up two fouls, he has to be able to still go out and play. Um, and I'd honestly much rather him just say, screw it, I'm just going to play, and if I foul out, I foul out, than do what he did tonight, quite frankly, where he went through this stretch. And there was a stretch in the fourth quarter where it was it was comical, just how yeah, blatantly just the room, like, he had no interest in playing any defense. And to his credit, he did make it up on the offensive end. He really went hard at the offensive glass. Um, he made several, and he made some really big plays. And at the very end of the game, he had a couple of nice defensive say, possessions. He started doing what you said. You want, you, you'd rather have him do just yeah. go out there and say, "Screw it." If I follow out, he yeah. went out there the like last three plays on defense. Came up with clutch play after clutch play. That block he had on Allen. Oh yeah, big time. No, the, he that had a he had a block on Jarrett Allen, and then on the Nets' last possession of the game. Um, he was guarding Karis Levert. He got switched onto him, and Langston Galloway actually came in and stripped the ball from Levert at the end. But Drummond stayed right in front of him, made him stop and do a couple pump fakes. Like Levert was in trouble there. 
Um, yeah. And who knows what happens if Galloway doesn't come in. But Galloway doesn't have a chance to come in and do that if Andre doesn't stick with him. So, um, and you know, so once again, just to his credit, he did make it work out. Um, he made a bunch of big plays on offense. And then at the very end, he did just say, screw it, I'm going to go all out on defense. And he came through. Just, I he can't, when he gets into foul trouble, he cannot get so, you know, slink so far away from playing any defense as he did tonight. And that's been an issue for him in the past. So, um, um, we're almost already to 20 minutes. So one thing that we definitely want to talk about um, is the play of Blake Griffin in this game because he was awesome. So what did you yeah, think of Blake Griffin? Great. That's all you have to say about him? He was great? That's it? Oh, I, I didn't even say something. I didn't, I didn't hear you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. what did you... Yeah, ex- expound a little bit. Exp- I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he played... <laughs> He played really good. Like, I, I was getting at you. Me and you were had a little back and forth uh, earlier in the game, and I was like, you know, when you go down, I was my my what I was saying was like, if you go down eight zero, I just would be like, hey, maybe we should let Blake touch the ball, and you step back to what he did touch the ball. I feel like he should have been touching the ball more in the first half. Like, like you saw it immediately coming out of halftime in that third quarter. We ran everything through Blake, and we were running away with the game. So like. I feel like that's what we should be doing. Like, I understand that we have, like, three players, him, Reggie, and then even Andre, based off last year, he had the ball a lot playmate. They are going to want the ball in their hands. But Blake is the best one of all of them, and we have our best chance to win by going through Blake. So I, if, when, and when it comes to push, when push comes to shove and we have, like, a drought like we did in the first quarter, I really would like it if we just did what we did in the third, play through him, let him play Mech for, for everybody. But yeah, he ended the game with twenty six, eight, and six, and he he actually got to the free throw line eleven times. I think that's something that really helped the team in general because we actually talked about this earlier. That about you know, our friend Martin made a joke about how he has more free throws in this game than Tobias ever had in his career with the Pistons, and that <laughs> it's funny, but it really helps the team the fact that he can get to the free throw line, slow the game down, get some easy points for the team. So, yeah, he played really good tonight, and, yeah. Well, okay, so on your first point, um, I wasn't trying to say that I didn't feel like they should have run the ball through Griffin more early in the game. Um, I just, I was just like, you know, it's not like he didn't touch the ball at all. Like, there's going to be stretches. Um, now, the one thing that sort of agreeing with you is that um, even though, yeah, okay, so you have Blake Griffin, you have Reggie Jackson, you've got Andre Drummond. And then particularly when Reggie Bullock is healthy, he's another guy who can do stuff. You know, so there's going to be stretches where, you know, when you have a, that sort of firepower elsewhere, you don't want to have to rely totally on Blake Griffin. You want to let other guys do things. But um, in this game in particular, I mean, I'm not sure. I'm Off the top of my head, I'm, I'm unsure if there's another team in the NBA that is as ill-equipped to defend Blake Griffin than the Nets, especially when both Damari Carroll and Rondé Hollis-Jefferson are hurt, because even though both those guys would be undersized against Blake Griffin, at least they're both pretty decent defenders. I mean, like, the Nets literally started Jared Dudley at power forward. So, (laughs) I mean, I wish that it hadn't taken Dwayne Casey the entire first half to decide... Okay, so they're trying to defend Blake Griffin with 
Jared Dudley and a bunch of other scrubs who clearly can't handle him. And as good as Jared Allen is, he's not big enough to bang with Andre Drummond down low. And basically they came out in the second half when they got out to the big lead. They basically said, screw it, we're just going to pound the ball inside. Andre Drummond's going to just... Yeah, they just bullied them inside. They were just too big. And it is a little bit frustrating that it took them a half to figure that out. I mean, it's one of those things that... Because in my preview, I brought this up. I was like, Blake Griffin should have a very easy time. And, you know, Jared Allen will probably get a couple of blocks, but Andre Jones should be able to bully him inside as well. And I always think to myself, you know, if I'm able to identify something pretty easily as this is something they should do, then, <laughs> you know, it, it shouldn't be that. It can't be that hard to figure out. So, like, if you're the head coach, you should be able to identify that at least as quickly as me, hopefully sooner. Hopefully our coaching staff is, you know, better at identifying advantages than, you know, a couple of random jerks on the internet are. So Uh it is a little frustrating that it took them a half to decide, okay, let's just mash them inside because they're really small up front and they can't handle us. But I'm just, yeah. So the one thing that we do have to bring up with Griffin, um, even though, once again, he had an absolutely brilliant game. 26 points on 22 shot equivalents, 8 rebounds, 6 assists, only had 1 turnover. Um, His defense was a bit suboptimal. Um, There were, that dude, he needs to learn how to close out on shooters. Like, yeah, Jared Dudley got around yeah, him. Like there, I think there were yeah, two or three times Jared Dudley threw a pump fake up and just went right past him. And, I mean, that can't happen. Um, you know, and no, Blake does some things pretty decently on defense. Obviously, he makes you better rebounder. Yeah, I, like I feel like he makes pretty good rotation. Yeah, he makes you better rebounding. Um, he's smart. He usually plays with, you know, at least sort of a base level of effort, which, you know, for a, for a star player who does as much as he does on offense, you have to accept that they're not going to go balls to the wall on defense every possession. Um, he's big and strong enough to, you know, bang with dudes down low. Um, but he does have to clean up some stuff on his defense, and in particular his closeouts. Um, if you read any of my stuff last year, you'd, you know, I it was a problem last season when he arrived and uh, – seen Jared Dudley go by him a few times was like, well, <laughs> he didn't fix that this offseason. So hopefully he gets that under control. Um, but I still, Blake Griffin played a wonderful game. Um, we still got like five minutes we can go yet. So I suppose um, we may want to talk about the shenanigans at the end. Um, yes, and Reggie Jackson. So, yeah. Okay, give your, give your, give your spiel there. Okay. So, before I say this, I just have to, I want to make sure it's known to everybody to listen. I was not a fan of Freddie Jackson. For like, the first year that he was here, I did not like him. I felt like he played hero ball too much, and he, like, held the ball in his hands for way too long. But, as he stayed here, I realized, and when he first got here, I wasn't into basketball. I mean, I've always been, my life's always been about basketball, but I wasn't, like, analyzing it like this. I wasn't as smart as I was now. So, like, as it went on, I realized how important he was. I was like, okay, well, you know, that's Reggie being Reggie. He's going to do this sometimes, but he's extremely important. He's a good player, so you take that when you deal with a player like this. But the circus play that this man was doing at the the end of the game (laughs) is just was something that just should not be happening. First of all, 
he had he had three straight possessions at the end of the game. I believe we had I know for sure we had at least one shot clock in one of those possessions. I believe we might have had a second. Nearly. And then we and then he traveled on one. And then the traveling one was the one that just set me off. Like my controller went across the room. Okay. He well, did a pick and roll with Blake Griffin. <laughs> Both the guys went with Reggie and Blake was just standing there wide open. Here, here, here. Can I stop up. you just a second on that? This is a aside, but just one thing sort of like schematically, tactically. Um, this isn't necessarily that specific possession, but I'm a little concerned about the fact that it seems like every time Blake sets a pick, he's been popping. Um, I get yeah, that yeah. he's not he's not what he was, you know, when he was 22, which, you know, that's understandable. He's not 22 anymore. Um, so he doesn't have to roll to the rim every time, but I wish he would like do it at least occasionally, but that's just, that's another thing. We could talk about that more tomorrow, but yeah, please continue. Yeah. yeah I saw, actually, I saw a possession. There was a possession earlier in the game when he had a wide open roll. And I thought to myself, Hey, roll. But yeah, like we can talk about that another day, but either way he had Blake wide open a three point line. And instead of passing it to Blake, he thought that it would be a better idea to go ahead and drive into the heart of the defense with two people draped all over him and he wasn't even able to get the shot up he he fell and traveled so yeah like in, at the end of the game when it's that close and it shouldn't have even been that close but it in a close game like that and your point guard goes out there and not only did he travel like on the other possessions he was dribbling the clock down to like five shot five seconds left on the shot clock then deciding to finally make a move and I mean, you can't be having that from your point guard. They almost lost us the game. I mean, and if we legitimately, lost the game, I would have passed. Legitimately, Reggie Jackson's antics at the end of this game very nearly cost them the game. There is, I mean, I'm not, I'm not prone to that sort of hyperbole, but there is no other way to put it. It was absolutely terrible, and and like you said, there is an extent to which um, it's just Reggie being Reggie, right? Like. He likes mm-hmm. to do that, and you know what? There are times where he does this sort of crap, and you think, what on earth are you doing? And then he hits the shot, and you're like, well, <laughs> that's how it is. But I, and I sort of t- we sort of touched on this earlier, but one thing that you, you have to keep in mind. Now, the Reggie Jackson versus Blake Griffin in sort of important moments, that's going to be a thing this year. Um, that's, there's probably going to be some tension around that. I wouldn't be surprised if there were some issues around that at some point, whatever, okay? Like, that is going mm-hmm. to be a thing. Who's going to have the ball at important moments? Um, and yeah, like after that possession, when he would pop Yeah, there was definitely, there was definitely something there. Yeah, there was definitely, definitely there was something there between, from Griffin, because he's just like, why did you not pass me the ball? You literally traveled. And, <laughs> you know, so that's going to be a thing, but... Like, okay, and you know what? I'm even open to the fact, to the idea that I'm even open to the idea that you know there's going to be times where you're just gonna have to live with that. Reggie Jackson's gonna do his thing, but you know <laughs> when you do it on four straight possessions, and you have to recognize, like we said earlier, that and the Nets have no one who can guard Blake Griffin. He's been absolutely killing them the entire game. And so it's just like, bro, after the first one or two times that you freaking just get totally stuffed and don't even get, I don't even like hit the rim, just give the ball to Blake and move on. And I mean, you know, if they had blown it and not won, neither of us would be laughing about this. We'd both be really ticked about it. 
So it's just, you know, that's going to be a thing this year between those two probably. And I'm even, even though in an ideal world, yeah, you know, Blake should probably do that because Blake's better than Reggie Jackson, but I'm aware of the dynamics. I'm open to the fact that you got to let Reggie do his thing sometimes. It's just part of the package of him as a player, but... To like do at it. least in a pick and roll with Andre, like yeah, and that's your bread and butter. You guys have, you know, like we've seen them in clutch situations before. Blake got here, Reggie was we were calling him Mister Clutch because yeah. him, him and Dre in the pick and roll were pretty deadly. But like these possessions, there wasn't no pick and roll. Yeah, there, there was, was nothing. No, it was two of them we didn't get a shot of. Exactly. So like, <laughs> oh my lord, I don't even want to think about that. Literally, two of the plays they did not get a shot off. <laughs> oh my gosh! So just. I mean, I'm not actually worried about that too much going forward because, you know, Reggie's been an effective crunch time player enough that I I pretty much believe in him. But, oh, my gosh, this was the end of this game was just about, you know. It was a circus at the end of this. Yeah, it was just like, a plain out circus. You know, with Reggie, as with a lot of other players, they're sort of like, well, there's good Reggie and there's bad Reggie. The end of this game was not just bad Reggie. That was literally, that was worst Reggie. That was about as bad as he's ever been. And he's had some bad moments with the Pistons. So. There's only been one time, there's only been one other time when I'm act, I've been like this, like, what the hell, Reggie, what are you doing? There's only been one other time I've been this, like, this low on him after something he did. I believe it was the game last year against Golden State when it was like a, I think it was like a one point game at the end. Oh yeah, and I remember drove that. Drove in on Kevin Durant, I think, and like chucked up some fading backwards off balance yeah. runner and got swatted. And you know, although that's honestly, the like, been that bad. okay, here's the thing though, because I remember that play that you're talking about, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, because he was like, they're like in transition, right? Yeah. Like, that I'm more okay with. He was like, we're just going to go for it. I'm going to try and make a play, and Kevin Durant's a really good defender, so he blocked it. Like, this was just, from every single point, <laughs> this was an utter disaster. So, just, you know, I'm not that worried about it long term. It's just, don't do that again, Reggie. It is worth mentioning, Please don't do once that. again, that aside from the shenanigans at the end, he actually looked pretty good. Um, yeah, he looked real Real spry. I'm not sure, because I'll do a second watch of this and such. Um, so after that, I'll be more confident in assessing blame for the defense, because the defense was very bad a lot tonight. Mm-hmm. Like, there were several stretches where it was absolutely miserable. So I'll hold off before placing too much blame on anybody until I watch again and I can watch more I'll closely. I'll tell you guys this. You guys can be for sure to see Joe going after Coach Casey and that, no matter what he watches, no matter what film he watches. There will be, there I will mean, be Joe going after Dwayne Casey as civil as possible if Joe can do it. I mean, I'm not a fan of having Andre sit back so far, but that's a conversation for another time. But there you go. Regardless, you know, so it may well be that I come back. It's like, oh no, nah, he was real bad on defense. Like this was his problem. But at the very least, offensively, um, I thought he did a pretty good job of sort of speaking. Spicking his spots, <laughs> picking his spots. Um, I thought he did a pretty good job of picking his spots to sort of do his thing. Um, and he hit a three. Yeah, he, he hit, hit a, his first he, three he, this season. He hit it. Reggie hit a couple of threes. He went two for I'm nine. I'm talking about Andre. Oh yeah, Andre did too. That we could talk about that later. But um, yeah, so I thought Reggie did a good job of sort of picking his spots on offense. Um, he even had showed some explosion a couple of times. Um, 
so yeah, I mean, you know, that is just worth mentioning that for all the complaining we just did about the way he finished the game, which was is totally earned. He deserves every amount of criticism for the way he finished the game. He did actually look pretty good for the rest of it, which is really encouraging. So yeah, and we're at time, so we probably could talk about this more, but we're gonna let it be and we'll probably be back. They don't play for the next two days. So they don't play again until Saturday against, I don't even remember who they play next. The Bulls, don't they? I'm pretty sure they play the Bulls next. But, um, so we'll probably get it, we'll get at least one more podcast before the next game, maybe even two if we keep it up. Um, so we'll and be able before, to talk about that. Before then. we end this, we'll, let me just get this out there. Okay. I just want to make sure everyone knows this. This is a pretty big deal. The big three of the, of the Pistons, Blake, Reggie, and Andre. Blake had 26, 8, and 6. Andre had 24 and 20. Reggie had 19 and 4. They combined. For 69 points, 30 rebounds, and 12 assists. So that's something that Pistons fans are going to love to see, and hopefully that kind of production continues. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, I've sort of mentioned this. So, I mean, you know, once again, I'm not a big I'm not a big fan of Dwayne Casey as a coach. Um, I haven't been since they hired him, whatever. But the one of the things I've continued to say is that, you know, there's a decent chance if the Pistons manage to stay healthy, They'll probably be so good that they'll, you know, Reggie Jackson, Blake Griffin, and Andre Drummond are all so good that even though Dwayne Casey's not exactly a brilliant offensive mind or anything like that, they'll probably still be good. And this game was a pretty good example of that where they turned the ball over a whole bunch. They're really sloppy. Um, Their defense was pretty miserable through large stretches of the game. And yet those three guys were just so like Blake Griffin was just so much better than anyone else was that they won anyways. And that's going to be probably be a theme this season is that, um, and that's one of the reasons why you have Blake Griffin on your roster is that you can have a bad game where your team is out of sorts, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And you sort of catch a, you start off really poorly, you know, dig yourself into a big hole at the start of the game. And yet, the other team literally has no answer for Blake Griffin, and he just basically he just dominates the entire game. So, yeah, and we're at time though, so that can be our last thoughts on it. Um, Dad, do you have anything else you want to toss in, or is that all? No, I'm good. All right, so business win. Yeah, I'm. You know, in the end, that's the most important thing. They got the win, um, and particularly because the sort of you know, the sort of third tier of the Eastern Conference that they're probably in. Um, it's going to be kind of, uh, it's probably going to be pretty jumbled up. So, yep, everyone you know, counts. Yep. So, yeah, hard to complain about a win. Um, and also important to remember, even though the Nets also were missing a couple of guys, um, they're missing two of their starters in this game. So, hopefully, particularly Reggie Bullock, I think, will make things look better because he's just such a good offensive player. But, you know, so we'll see how they look with their actual starting lineup in place. Um, but yeah, so we could talk about all that um, tomorrow or the day after that. So stay beautiful, everybody, and go Pistons.